Hello, my fellow neighbors. It's me, Donnie, for Ocean Avenue, an unofficial Bob's Burgers podcast. And today's episode is going to be a comparison of Boys for Now's I Love You So Much is Scary and various pop music videos that I found that are pretty much scene for scene used in making of that I Love You So Much is Scary music video. <laughs> It's a pretty interesting. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read some facts and trivia first and then, uh, you know, give you a little bit of backstory. And then I'm going to show the music video with the edits in the corner where you'll see like a picture in picture kind of thing. And you'll see the inspiration for that scene. They're going to go pretty quick because the music video is only like two and a half minutes long. So you could pause the, the podcast and you can see or read what you need to read on the top corner. Hopefully that helps. And then I'll have a closing like talk afterwards. So hopefully this works out. <laughs> so here we go. So the reason I picked this uh, video is because I love Halloween. That's like one of my favorite holidays. Also, uh, the song is catchy as heck. And also I picked this song because of the obvious Backstreet Boys in sync inspirations. They really stick out like a sore thumb if you are if you watch a lot of their music videos like I did when I was a kid. So it's one of those things. So it was featured in The Hauntening. It was the third episode of season six and the 91st overall episode. And it was her fourth Halloween themed episode. And I love that episode. I did an entire review for it. And you already knew about that because if you listen to The Hauntening episode, you can look for it in one of the previous episodes, just in the search bar, type The Hauntening and then Ocean Avenue and it should pop up. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of my favorite Halloween episodes. Just how it is. And then I'm going to tell you the three music videos that inspired I Love You So Much It's Scary. The first music video uh, that I noticed was uh, Thriller from Michael, you know, Michael Jackson Thriller. I'm going to read some facts about that. The second music video was It's Going to Be Me by NSYNC. And then the third one, which is the most obvious, is going to be Backstreet Boys, Everybody, Backstreet's Back, which uh, I have a little history about that music video. It's kind of funny and uh, it's very it's very telling of how nerdy I am. But so, yeah, let's get let's kick this off. So we're going to go with Michael Jackson's Thriller Facts. I went to this website called MentalFloss.com. There is a page called 21 Thrilling Facts about Michael Jackson's Thriller, which was posted in November 30th, 2017 by Roger Comier. So the first fact from that music video was Michael Jackson was inspired by the Nutcracker Suite. While he already had the popular solo album off the wall to his credit and was produced by Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson had a dream of making the biggest selling album ever. He wanted Thrill to resemble Tchaikovsky's suite where every song is a killer. Interesting, right? Fact number two was he told his musicians to think like Michelangelo. The keyboardist David Piash of Toto was one of the musicians hired for Thriller. He remembered Jackson telling the instrumentalist in the Westlake Recording Studio in Los Angeles, California to think of Michelangelo painting of the Sistine Chapel. Do whatever you need to do there. Sky's the limit. Which is pretty cool to think about, but I would also be confused. I'm like, how does this go together? But who knows? Michael Jackson was an interesting person. <laughs> the album's title was Almost Midnight Man. Quincy Jones asked the arranger, songwriter Rod Temperton, 
to come up with an album title, he wrote 200, 300 titles in his hotel room before deciding on Midnight Man. The next album, next morning, he woke up and the word thriller popped into his head. Something in his head just said, this is the title. Temperton said, you could visualize it on the top of the billboard charts. You could see the merchandising for this one word, how it jumped off the page as thriller. Number four was the song Thriller was originally titled Starlight. Temperton wrote the music and lyrics and the chorus. We got to make it while we can. You need the starlight, some starlight sun. I need you by my side and you give me starlight, starlight tonight. <laughs> Jones liked the melody but asked Temperton to come back with something a little bit more like Edgar Allan Poe. The album title Thriller was already on the table, so matching it to the song was relatively easy. Which makes more sense, honestly, uh, even though I do kind of like the name Starlight. But I'm kind of a, like a Sonic the Hedgehog nerd, and every time I think Starlight Zone, I hear that little jingle in my head. So number five is Vincent Price made less than $1,000 for his work on the title track. Jones then wife Peggy Lipton knew Price. The horror movie legend managed to record his parts in two takes. Once the album got big, Price expressed frustration in his meager paycheck and said that Jackson had stopped taking his calls. Oh, well, I guess it's kind of bad, huh? Uh, number six was Jackson sued for wannabe starting something. Cameroon musician Manu Dibango recorded Sol Makosa. Oh, Sol Makosa. In 1972, the song sung in the Cameroonian language of Douala elongated the phrase Mamako Mamasa as ma ma ko ma ma sa ma ko ma ko sa <laughs> Jackson changed it to mama say mama sa ma ko sa and the similarity was obvious and the compensation arrangement was hammered out in out of court settlement that was a lot for how does this involve thriller but i guess it involves it somehow i don't get it billy jean was uh the one specific girl this is not about apparently the thriller music video it's about that album thriller that's crazy. They, they had a lot of thriller ones in the beginning, and now I don't even see where they're, they're just going literally to every song on the entire album. Well, I went, oh, here we go. Here's another thriller fact for you guys. Hopefully you're not in the edge of your seat of excitement. The thriller music video cost $500,000. The Showtime Cable Network footed $300,000 of the budget for the rights to first air the music video in the making of feature with MTV paying the rest to broadcast it after Showtime. Jackson asked John Landis to direct the video after seeing his work on the movie American Werewolf in London. I want to turn into a monster, Jackson said. I should have said it in Michael Jackson's voice, but I don't want to. Uh, can I do that? Uh, Landis wrote the disclaimer that appears at the beginning of the video because Jehovah's Witnesses, a group Michael Jackson belonged to at the time, told the artist that Thriller endorsed Satanism. The Thriller video played in the movie theater so that it could qualify for an Oscar. Oh my gosh. For one week in the movie theater in Westward, California, Thriller served as an opening feature before showings of Fantasia, which didn't sit well with a lot of parents. Yeah, I don't see how they go together. Very interesting. And what's the last one? Number 21, because I skipped so many. They A lot of people thought the barcode on Thriller was Michael Jackson's home phone number. <laughs> 
How funny. A rumor spread so much that the hair studio in Bellevue, Washington received up to 50 calls per day. A woman in Youngstown, Ohio had the, also had the number and said that, that while their kids were called nice, some of the adults were pretty rude and ignorant. <laughs> that was pretty interesting, honestly. I actually found a Backstreet Boys, Everybody Backstreet's Back Music video, uh, you know, fact thing. It's from Bustle.com. All the stuff would be linked in the episode description. So if you're ever curious on uh, that information, don't worry. I'll have it available. You can click it. So number one for everybody, Backstreet SPAC music video fact. Oh my gosh. The actor playing the band's bus driver is an iconic star. Antonio Fargas, who, who's better known for his legendary role as Huggy Bear in the original Starsky and Hutch. Played the bus, the band's bus driver who turned into that Frankenstein monster at the end of the video. Vargas, Fargus also appeared in 1999 video from Mar Backstreet Boys Larger Than Life as a robot. Weird. The spooky mansion, uh, and this is number two, bears a striking resemblance to the amount of similarities to Whipstaff Manor from Casper. Now, see, this is the thing. I never seen Casper, even though um, when I was growing up, I remember seeing the the VHS there, but never played it. I don't know why. I should watch it one day. It looks like something I'd like, honestly. From the exterior painted mansion shot from the start of the video, it is uh, it's Antoni Gaudi style interiors and even the spiral pattern on the floor of the main hall. The aesthetic similarities between everybody's back, everybody backstreet's back, and Casper are pretty undeniable. However, Though fans have long speculated that they were at least partially filmed on the same set and the fact that have never been officially confirmed by the band or the director. Considering the amount of similarities, however, it feels safe to assume that everybody Backstreet's back may have used some props from Casper. Or at least, very least, has simply inspired by the look of the 1995 movie. Whatever the truth is, aesthetically, definitely worked for the video. Number three is director Joseph Kahn is responsible for a lot of the iconic music videos, as well as directing and co-writing the 2012 horror, 2011 horror cult movie Detention. Kahn was also responsible for a number of Taylor Swift's iconic music videos in from 1989, including Bad Blood, Blank Space, Wildest Dreams, and Out of the Woods, as well as being the total Swifty Kahn incredible contribution to music videos. He also includes modern classics such as Britney Spears' Toxic, Lady Gaga's Love Game, among many others. However, Backstreet Boys, Everybody Backstreet's Back was his first and absolutely helped launch his career. Hey, he did a good job. Number four, each Backstreet Boy takes the form of a classic universal monster. I don't want to read all that. Literally, it's, it's saying that um, Dracula was for Howie, The Wolfman was for Brian, Phantom of the Opera, AJ, Jekyll and Hyde was Kevin, and then The Mummy was Nick. If you didn't know. And they use a lot of those characters in Boys for Now. Uh, you'll notice that there's a werewolf, a Frankenstein, who else? A mummy, and vampire i think those are the four <laughs> number five the makeup effects supervisor had also done work for hellraiser 3 and Candyman. now i really could see that because the, the special effects are not the greatest but the um makeup was really good in this music video number six brian's makeup artist application was the most complex according to all access documentary about the making of the music video brian's makeup 
took five and a half hours to create by comparison nick's only took two hours so yeah brian took one of the team took one for the team here <laughs> they said number seven howie's love interest of what was played by a supermodel josie moran cool number eight howie's dracula look was intentionally less classic interesting Howie's Dracula look is less traditional and more like the vampire Lestat from an interview with a vampire. Okay, cool. Nick originally wanted to be the creature from the Black Lagoon, which I think would have been cool. It was unclear why Nick changed his mind from the creature of the Black Lagoon, as he mentions it in the All Axis video, but it is clear that Nick being the mummy was a much better option. Just look at the creature from the Black Lagoon, trying to imagine nine-year-old self thinking it was cute. I didn't really write that, that's what they wrote here. I think they could have made, I mean, they made it work for a shape of, I mean, for the shape of water, I think it's called. I don't know. They could have made it work. Number 10, AJ's monster choice was one, was a musical one. Cool. I guess he just wanted to be, from what I'm reading here, he just wanted to do musical theater kind of thing. Fan of the opera, you know. Number 11, Nick had a really tough time with his scenes. Oh, Lord. Um, it says Nick was crying because he went, he stayed up all night, all night long. It was up 36 hours. It was so stressful for him. He was nervous. Wow. Number 12, the record company had their doubts with the music video. I wouldn't, I'd believe it. They said it was kind of funny because they talked to the record company about it. And at first they're like, oh, I don't know. And then, well, we'll talk about it later. And then all this kind of stuff. And then the idea for the music video was in our hands and it took a while, but eventually they got them to do it. Yay. Number 13, the band was almost completely responsible for the music video's concept. Cool. Number 14, the video choreographer was a longtime collaborator with the band who is still has a thriving career. So, let's see. What's his name or her name? Fatima Robinson, I guess, was also one of Baxter Boys' resident choreography. Okay. So she did all those, uh, she did a bunch of music videos. She did Megan Trainers, all that about that bass, Fifth Harmony's Boss. And then 20 years later, she's still making great original music videos, according to Bustle.com. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to tell you about the funny thing about it. I remember when I was a kid, when I got the Backstreet Boys CD, I put it in the computer. And did you know that they have the Backstreet Boys, everybody's ba uh, Backstreet's back on the CD and you couldn't watch it on your computer? It was a... What do you call those? A uh, Apple movie file? So cool. And it also had an interactive like web page. I don't even know if that still exists. I kind of wish I still had my CD because I could probably check it out. But those were the times. CDGs, I think they were called. Crazy. So here's a final um, music video that is connected to the Boys For Now uh, video. I love you so much. It's scary. It's, uh, it's going to be me by NSYNC. This song, these are not listed in facts, and I got it from songfacts.com, and I'll link that into the episode description too. In this song, a woman who has been hurt before is hesitant to jump into a new relationship. The singer assures her that it isn't like those other guys and will be there for her. He says that he'll wait for her until she's ready, and then she'll uh, will then and then she will choose him. Okay. The next fact is in sync fo follow Backstreet Boys in the wave of '90s bands. Both groups had modest hits in 1997-98, while Backstreet Boys blew it open with 1999's Millennium, and Sync released their second album, No Strings Attached. In 2000, it, it was a big break for them, and the single Bye 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 went to number four in America. It's Gonna Be Me came next, being their group's only number one hit in the Hot 100. They broke up after the next album, Celebrity, with Justin Timberlake going to be a very successful solo career. 
similar to what happened with Boo Boo. But then Boo Boo was just lying and actually was still there. We talked about this in a previous episode. <laughs> like many unseen hits, this was written by a team of Swedish hit makers. In this case, Max Martin, Rami Jokob, and uh, I, Andreas Carlson, I'm assuming, with Jokob producing. Yay! Uh, NSYNC had a very uh, clever visual concept for the No Strings Attached album with the guys appearing on the cover as marionettes. In the Bye 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 music video, a girl is pulling their uh, strings and in the, it's going to be me. Director Wayne Esham used a variation of the theme showing that the band has action figures in their boxes who came to life and break free, which is very timely right now considering a Barbie. Uh, looking back, and I just wrote that part. When <laughs> looking back in in sync in 2010 interview with NPR, Justin Timberlake said everything that that we did was based around uh, acapella harmonies that we wanted to be in the beginning as an acapella group, so that we put five guys in a group and we were forming the group. They were there wasn't a boy band phenomenon. Nirvana and Pearl Jam were probably the two top acts at the world at the time, so we never knew what the capacity everything was going to work out for us. This is how they wrote it. I don't think we thought it was going to be as big as it became. And then finally, it says in 2016, Fall Out Boy released a music video of their song Irresistible that imagines the band as dolls. Summers the NSYNC figurines of It's Gonna Be Me clip. Fall Out Boy's dolls ended up in the bargain bin since nobody wants them. The video was directed by Wayne Sham, who did the original and features appearances by Joey Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC. So those are all the facts that I could find for It's Gonna Be Me um, from NSYNC. Yay! <laughs> so now that I gave you all the facts that I could find, I'm going to show you the music video and then we'll talk about more stuff about this music video afterwards. So... Get ready to jam out in three, two, one, go. Hey girl, yo girl. Halloween has gotten so commercialized. So many commercials. Let's try to get back to what it's really about. What's it about, boo boo? Love. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When I see you, I fall apart. Like a zombie, I got too nervous to ask you out to the prom beat. I wish I could make you mine. When I open my mouth, I sound like Frankenstein. Who's the girl? How'd she get in the video? She's not a boy for now. She won an essay contest. It had to be under 30,000 words. I couldn't cut mine down. But yeah, that's rough. That's... Ellen does not make a believable mummy. There's that idiot boo-boo. It was his dumb birthday last week. Not that I care or even know that. And you're still there You're the girl of my dreams No, my nightmares You're like Jason, Mike Myers Carrie and Freddy But I don't want to run away I want to go steady Is that a different Alan from the last video? No Yes, what? Yes, it is No, it isn't They switch Alan sometimes, Bobby No, they don't Don't tell Teddy That's his favorite one He's a big Alan guy It's 
took a turn. It's like a reverse thriller. Nice. So hopefully you were able to see the similarities between the music videos I mentioned earlier, and you probably hopefully learned something today or not. I mean, I don't really don't know. And I'm just really curious if this is like the type of content y'all would be interested in listening to or looking at. Um, yeah, I was going to tell you that the reason I was going to like have myself in the video, but I was running out of time because there was a hurricane in my area uh, over the week and I was just like, I don't want to rush it like at the very end. So I was like, let me just do what I can with what I have. And then next time I'll do a better, like, you know, a video with me in it. <laughs> I was just like, why, why does this happen? This happens like almost every year. And luckily I didn't have power outages this time, but last year I had power outages for like two or three weeks. It was just crazy. But um, hopefully the people in the center part of Florida are doing good. I know there. I haven't heard of anyone that passed away uh, due, due to the storm. But hopefully everyone that's been affected are recovering very well. Because I know it was very difficult for me when uh, after the hurricane uh, last year, we had no power for about two to three weeks. And there was everything was closed. Everything was flooded. Uh, luckily, we're all safe and fine but it was just like you know a very arduous like it's very like um overwhelming amount of things are happening when things like that happen in your life so i understand how difficult it can be so uh, i'm wishing everybody there to have you know this feeling is getting better and everything because i i know how it is it's 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 a struggle but that's the risk we take living in florida there are hurricanes just like everyone in california they have earthquakes and now they got hurricanes i mean it's just a lot of things happening well, anyways, I didn't want to get too involved in that whole thing, but I wanted to make sure you knew, you know, what's going on. But the next episode is actually going to be really soon. I'm going to roast Jimmy uh, Pesto. You're going to have like a, kind of like a bunch of jokes making fun of Jimmy Pesto. If you have any jokes, well, I was going to say if you have any jokes, message me them, but you can still can. You can message me any jokes you feel like you want to talk about Jamie Pesto. I'll just read them on another episode and then we'll like, I'll just read it like the episode. What was that? In a future episode, I'll just read a Jimmy Joe, Jimmy Pesto roast joke. Oh my gosh. I, I can't think today. This is happening when you're too tired. So yeah, well, if you write any Jimmy June, Jimmy Pesto jokes, I'll read them on air. Oh my gosh, I can't think today. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to do a roast for Jimmy Pesto. It's going to be kind of funny, I hope. And I hope it's uh, not cringy for one thing. But I do want to, I just want to do it during the week. So it should be within a couple days because I already wrote some already. So it's going to be pretty interesting. A lot of it is just making fun of Jimmy Pesto, not the voice actor. I just, I just want to make sure that's clear because I'm not going to make fun of him. I, he's, he's been through enough. I don't really need to get involved in that, but 
I do want to make jokes about Jimmy Pesto, how he's not, you know, on the show anymore, what happened to his character, all this stuff. I just, you know, make it positive and funny, but also kind of like, you know, getting back at Jimmy Pesto for all the times he bothered Bob, because I think it's kind of funny. I could probably do one for Tammy too one day. I think that would be kind of fun if that's something that everybody's interested in. We could just roast all these characters. Um, even roast Bob. That'd be really funny if we could if it you know if it's an ongoing thing, we could just roast different characters. Nothing negative, nothing rude, just funny little quirks about the characters and make fun of them in a loving way, not in a negative way. I'm not gonna like I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that. I just think it'd be kind of fun to be like, you know, say things that he's done on like Jimmy Pesto has done on the show that are kind of annoying and you know just stuff like that and, and then calling that out and calling out how he's a hypocrite and stuff like that I just think that's fun uh, without being like mean or anything so I don't know we'll find out I'll try this one episode if I pull it off or not if I pull it off then I'll do another one if not then that goes in the bargain bin with a lot of other ideas that I have <laughs> I uh, just want to make sure y'all be aware that October 1st is the new season of Bosbergers. And I still don't believe there is a title for that episode. Let me double check. I don't know why it's taking forever, but I think I do because they probably don't want, um, what do you call that? To Maybe they're still making decisions of what they want as a first episode. So we're fine. I'm searching right now. It's live. I'm searching right this second. <laughs> Let's see if they updated the name of the next episode. Have Do you have any uh, bet on this? Do you think there's a new name for this episode? Nope. It's still season 14, episode one. That's all we know. And that's all we'll ever know. And I'll keep checking every time I post. I'm going to keep checking. <laughs> so if you were on my um, blog at uh, podcasterdonnie.com, you'll know that I was working on this music video about a week ago. I had found all the clips that I wanted and I was editing them down and all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, things happen, how that goes. But at least I got it done, and I thought it was uh, pretty cool how much they took from those music videos, and they blended it in so well without looking uh, choppy or confusing. They actually made a really funny story. I like the little quirps, uh, you know, the, the commentary by the Belchers. I thought that was really cute. It's just a very fun music video. It's very catchy, and I love it. I love it so much. It's scary. <laughs> so keep an eye out. I'll have the roast episode of Jimmy Pesto coming out soon. Hopefully it's good. I'm crossing my fingers and my toes and everything. I just want it to be good. Just because I want y'all to like, um, you know, the new content and see what it, what it works and what doesn't so I can continue with that. So. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And until the next episode, bye-bye.